Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you as always by our Patreon subscribers. Please throw a dollar at our face, become a supporter. I would really love that. Also, August 25th, New York City, the Garden Faithful, bantering the Blue Shirts. This podcast, Blue Shirts Breakaway, the New York Rangers Forum at Beer Authority at 8 o'clock. It is $20, 20 American dollars, not Canadian, 20 American. And we will be doing a Rangers Forum discussing all things Rangers live, all Rangers podcasts that matter. I mean, there's some that I'm, I'm not going to get into that. Okay, here we go. Let's start the show. Hey, Bushwick Breakout fans. Welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. and Greg, say hello. I think my voice sounds better than after the... Last wedding we tried to the, record. The last one was was tough. It was a it tough. It was rough. It was not easy for you. Uh, we no. we survived this one. Also, not easy for us. No, um, I, I I slept so much yesterday. I wish I could say the same. I did not. Uh, but I felt like shit, so I got through that. Anyway, you're here for Rangers podcast, not for Greg and Ryan stuff. Well, if you are here for Greg and Ryan stuff, stay towards the end because we got some updates. Oh. But but for now, uh, let's talk a little bit about Ranger news. And then we uh, we had a guest today. They had to reschedule, unfortunately. So. We'll be moving that particular guest hopefully to next week, but we have uh, Gabby from For Puck's Sake on, from what I'm told, Greg. Is that correct? That is correct. And That's she, right. She's going to be coming on to talk all things hockey. Uh, we'll be bullshitting about summer stuff. And, and you know what? Maybe we'll take Fitz's free content of the week to another level. Uh, we, we, he gave us – Fitz was also a, a backup guest potential, and he flaked on us too because he had to go grocery shopping. Yeah. So uh, I don't feel bad ever – about using Fitz's free content of the week from now on. We're definitely going to be doing that. But let's start with the uh, highlight of the news for the week with the New York Rangers, and that is the Rangers have signed Cody McLeod. Interesting choice of the word highlight. Well, I thought, you know, if there was anything that that generated conversation on Rangers Twitter this week, it was that. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, The signing of Cody McLeod. Now, you and I thought Cody McLeod was more of an, an AV guy. A guy that was brought in to, you know, be an enforcer, despite his performance in the Nashville game when the Rangers got physically manhandled and beaten, where Cody McLeod did nothing. He is now re-signed to this organization. They must have seen something in him. Do we have any information whatsoever on why the Rangers would do this? Because, frankly, to me, Greg, it makes no sense. We talked about this on Tyler's personalized podcast this week, which I, I know not everyone nice has. Plug. Not everyone can listen to it, so I will expand on my initial point because I've had a weekend to think on it, and it was a weekend that involved not jacuzzis, a lot, not a lot hot of the tubs, <laughs> Harry Potter, and booze. Yep. Um, here's here's where I stand on it. All right, I think Cody McLeod was an AV guy, as in AV gave him more minutes than a normal hockey head coach would. I don't think your John Tortorella's, your 
Joel Quenvilles, your Peter Laviolettes, especially Peter Laviolettes. They're not giving Cody McLeod the ice time that Elaine Vigneault gave him last year. What I do think the Rangers see as somewhat valuable, and uh, I'm going to be very loose with the term valuable in this You could have stopped at I'm going to be very loose, but okay. Yeah, I, I see what you did there. Nice. If I'm the New York Rangers and I'm using this season as an evaluation process, you know what does not help my evaluation process, Ryan? Cody McLeod? No, well, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I'm not but, wrong. <laughs> but also, what doesn't help my evaluation process is sticking a guy like Bunieves or Ryan Grop or Vinny Letary, one of your fringe young players who may have a role on this Ranger team as a depth piece, but not necessarily a bona fide top nine forward. I don't want to see them in the press box on a nightly basis. That doesn't help them in any way. It is more valuable for guys like Nieves, Letary, Grop, um, Gabriel Fontaine, these guys who need to be playing, even if playing means in Hartford, they need to be getting ice time every night. And if the Rangers don't think any of those guys are capable of earning one of the 12 forward spots on this team, there is no point in having any of them sit in the press box just for them to get practice time. Zero point. So if Cody McLeod is here to serve as the Rangers' 13th forward to only play in games where a guy has to be scratched for one night because of a small bump or an injury or a illness that comes up randomly. Um, yeah, fine. If Cody McLeod's going to play 15 to 20 games for the Rangers, get less than eight minutes of ice time a night, basically just be the Rangers emergency forward. Sure. Okay. Sure. Great. The thing is, while I say that, you could have also found someone a little better than Cody McLeod to serve that purpose. I mean, on that note, Bunievis is signed today with the Rangers. Yeah, but that goes back to my point. If the Rangers don't think Bunievis is going to be one of their top 12 forwards, I don't want him being the 13th guy. Send him back to Hartford and let him play top six minutes. Mm, I guess that makes that makes does make more sense. But I might have I might want to just have him on the fourth line, have him pay ten minutes a night. Sure, no, exactly. Yeah, if I don't think Cody McLeod signing um, immediately sends Bunievis back to Hartford. I think I definitely don't Boo want. To, has, I, I was impressed with Boo the the times we got to see him before his injury. Yeah, and I think Boo can serve a role on the fourth line, even. It's not the most appetizing thought in the world for Elias Anderson to be centering a line flanked by Jesper Foss and Bunieves on the fourth line. At the same time, you, it, it's that's a lot more rosier of a picture than thinking of Elias Anderson centering Cody fucking McLeod. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think Boo has every opportunity in this world to make this team, uh, especially if there are more moves to be made, i.e. Ryan Spooner at the minimum, uh, maybe Kevin Hayes. If there's a move that creates an opportunity in the forward ranks right now, I think Boo has a chance. My thing is, if Boo isn't on the fourth line for this Rangers team going forward next season, I I don't think it benefits him or the Rangers for him to sit in the press box on a nightly basis. Now, that could very well be Boo's long-term role on a productive hockey team. Maybe Boo Nieves is no better than a 13th forward. 
The thing is, Boo right now is still young enough where we don't have to um, we don't have to throw him into that role right now. We do not, and we can watch Buniavis develop. And the whole reason that David Quinn has been brought into this Rangers team in general is to have players like Buniavis maybe get an extra step in their game, maybe develop a part of their game that they wouldn't have otherwise. So if I could squeeze any extra value out of Buniavis, who might be here depending on what happens next year for the next couple of years. I mean, we could sign Boo to something like another two-year deal for something cheap if he does turn into something serious. And I would want him to get fourth-line minutes. Uh, and I just I want that guy to have playtime. I can't have that guy down in the AHL. That's a guy I want up. And Cody McLeod would take his spot, and I'm not really interested in that at all. I still don't – I still – I would disagree with you saying Cody McLeod is the guy that's taking that spot. The other thing with Cody McLeod that I think we need addressing is the – Best place to put Cody McLeod if you are paying him is in the press box because if the Rangers want to put Cody in the AHL as forward depth, that serves no purpose to anybody because at the end of the day, Cody McLeod's a bad hockey player. I don't think we can get around that at all. We've made fun of Tanner Glass so much on this podcast in the past, and it is no exaggeration where I say Tanner Glass is a much better hockey player than Cody McLeod and gives you at least a sliver of of productivity when he's on the ice and not and he gives you a mountain of grit like the whole thing he gives you all he gives you all the grit in the world Cody McLeod does nothing for your hockey team zero he is the very definition of a net negative your hockey team is better by not rostering Cody McLeod I'm saying if for some reason you wanted to roster Cody McLeod the only way it makes sense to do that is by paying him $850,000 next year to sit in the press box for 80% of your hockey games. And you know what, though? Like, if I'm going to pay that much for Cody McLeod and on the Rangers, and I'm being serious, I know this sounds crazy, why am I not just calling Tanner? Cody has to be a great teammate, right? Like, that's the only that's thing. That's the only reason that would, I can't think of anything else. There has I, to be something about Cody McLeod that, that he brings to the locker room that someone else isn't bringing. Because if I'm the Rangers and that's how much I'm paying... And I want some that enforcer person to protect the kids, and that's a hockey stereotype that should not exist anymore. Then I'm calling Tanner Glass. He's a, he's some guy that's familiar. I know he's AV's pet, and I know he's gotten some bad mouthing before, but AV at least provide. I mean, sorry, Tanner Glass at least provides some sort of humor and fun for the fans. Cody McLeod is like what what one of the most forgettable Rangers ever. Tanner Glass is a borderline fourth line forward. Like your fourth line is probably better without him, but you can make an argument that on some nights Tanner Glass would provide you some quantifiable hockey bonuses. Cody McLeod literally does nothing. Cody McLeod is the very definition of if you can't do teach, and I'm guessing the Rangers think he can teach because he can't do. (laughs) I I I just I I'm very confused by bringing back Cody McLeod and. All I'll say is right now, I don't think the Rangers have anything to worry about because if you think about it, you can only play eight wingers on a given night, right? Let's go through the list. You got Kreider and Buchnevich are definitely playing. You got Zuccarello and Domestikov. They're definitely playing. If Jimmy VC here, he's five. He's definitely playing. Jesper Foss is definitely playing. He's six. Ryan Springer, if he's here, he's definitely playing. He's seven. Um, I'm forgetting an obvious one, aren't I? Probably. I wasn't paying too much attention to all the people you were naming, yeah. so I probably should help, but I can't. Yeah, it would have been nice if you did. Chris Kreider? Uh, Kreider I let off with. Hmm. Kreider Buchnevich, Zuccarello Nemesnikov, 
And VC, this is named Boss, Rangers with blue Spooner. shirts. Breakaway. Yeah, we're just naming players because our <laughs> guests canceled on us. We're trying to stretch time. Um, <laughs> A little bit. Those are that's seven bona fide NHL wingers that you have to find ice time for, and I. Cody McLeod is not going to play over any bona fide NHL player that the Rangers currently have on the roster. I, it to me, it's the exact same thing. We're going to be in the same boat with Steve Camper too. Steve Camper is something like the Rangers' tenth best defenseman. That's I don't see any way Steve Camper does anything this season besides sit in a press box. Yeah, but you know he's going to play. You know there's a way. It's like Steve Camper starting again, second night in a row, and that's when we're going to go to Twitter. But that, at the same time, at the same time, I don't know. That I know that if AV was still coaching here, but I think we have to give Quinn the benefit of the doubt for the time being. Here, here's the other thing about McLeod, though, that I, I do think people should be concerned about. I, we, I don't think we can be up in arms with how David Quinn is going to use him because we simply don't know. What we do know is that Jeff Gorton looks at a guy like Cody McLeod and sees value. And for all the good things that Jeff Gorton has done over the last two plus years, that we've been doing this podcast, it has to raise a flag that Jeff Gorton looks at a guy like Cody McLeod and tells and, and says to himself, that guy can help us. Because the Rangers or, aren't... Or, just counterpoint, he goes, I like that guy. That's, that's the only way I actually that, see this no, happening. That, that's, that's still something concerning. I got news for you. There are a lot of people in this world I like. I wouldn't do a Ranger podcast with all of them. I admit that not all of my friends who are some of the closest people in my life are either good at podcasting or know shit about hockey. I wouldn't do a hockey podcast with the large majority of my friends. I know specifically that you are someone that can fill that void. And I am someone that can fill that void for you. I would not go up to any number of our friends and say, Hey man, I like you. We should do a podcast about the New York Rangers. That's not how it works. No, it's not. And this is something very not serious. We're talking about something kind of sort of serious, which is fielding a professional hockey team. And the Rangers just signed a guy who is not a professional hockey player. Where do you think this ranks on the serious level? One, one to 10. Uh, what the, this podcast? No, the, uh, signing a hockey player. <sighs> um, four. Let's see if, six, uh, six sports. this is like, this six is like sports. one step below the president of the United States. Sports. Stick to sports. <laughs> Stick to sports. <laughs> Stick to sports. Stick to sports. <laughs> You don't know what I was going to say. I'm just going to leave that as a cliffhanger. You don't know what I was going to say after that. I'll go with a four. Anyway, let's move on. Um, You think it was a four? Okay, what's a three? A three? Oh, you're right, actually. A a three feels like... A two is definitely when you go and you order fast food and you get the wrong order, right? That's like a two. You think that's a two? That's a serious fucking offense. (laughs) That's a five for you? Are you are you the Joan? Are you like our friend Joe Napoli, who orders no. a pizza and only gets seven slices, and you don't raise a stink? No, I would definitely raise a fucking stink if that. Happened. So if you if you pick up a fast food delivery and it's not what the food you ordered, you're like, well, they tried today. It depends on how much is wrong. If one item's wrong, I'll be like, mm, but if it's the main item, I'm going back. If it's know. if it's the crunch wrap or like the the chicken sandwich from Wendy's, I'm going back. I'm not being a dick to the person who gave me the wrong food, but I'm going up to them and say, hey, yeah. not exactly what I ordered here, friend. But okay, so signing a, the wrong hockey player is definitely like a six or seven then on our scale of, of seriousness. I, I would say it, it would it's the equivalent of um, giving Jose Reyes starts over Ahmed Rosario in a lost baseball season. Yeah, that's pretty offensive. Yeah, it's it's not nice. It is not. He's one an asshole as a human being, 
And two, he's not very good at baseball. So I don't know what he's offering the New York Mets, but I don't know anything about the Mets anymore. This is a hockey podcast. That's true. Uh, so what, what, what you, you you're straight up just pissed off about Cody McLeod. Uh yeah, I'm not happy. I, I just think every move the Rangers have made so far this offseason have made me happy. They've they've re-signed the right people. I like that John Gilmore's back. We'll get to that in a second. I like that, you know, we're gonna be playing Neil Pionk more minutes. I, I, I like all the non-moves we made. And then signing Cody McLeod out of nowhere is kind of like, uh, what? Like, I've even come come around on the draft picks, like, big time. Uh, I, I've just I've just come to the point where I'm like, okay, I get it. Wallstrom could not be an Islander for their four years. That That's great. Kraftstoff is coming over in two years, for sure, almost. And they believe he's got a higher ceiling. Great. That's awesome. But the one thing with Cody McLeod, it just makes zero sense because all you're doing is, is hindering the development of other players unless he's does, he's doing exactly what you said, Greg which is riding the pine every single night. It's the only, and I, again, I'm not here to defend the signing of Cody McLeod. I agree with you. It's a nonsensical signing, but at least the Rangers only gave him one year. That's true. And it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not the classic Long Island special. Four, yeah. It's not a four year deal and it's only $850,000, which in hockey terms is league minimum. Just to, it's, it's not actually league minimum. I can't minimum. be like too mad. It doesn't make, Here's the deal, everyone listening. If Cody McLeod does what I think he will do, which is take away minutes from players I want to see ice time for for this season, then I will be upset. If he rides the bench and he's an emergency backup, I think there's better options, but I'm not mad about it. There you go. He's either he's either a great teammate or he's great in bed. I really don't think there's any other logical option. The Rangers uh, locker room is just filled with giant dongs, though. Like, what is he worried about? Like, Maybe McLeod is in a room full of big dicks. You know how you just need you, like you a normie. Need that, you need that one guy. Yeah, you need you need you need you need the average to bring back You're like, the ego. No, the no, Cody, he's average, man. Look at him, and then you like all feel better about yourselves. It's a confidence boost for the guys. Right, right. You don't. Mm-hmm. Chris Kreider has a big dick. Right. He walks up to Henrik Lundqvist. He's a guy that doesn't feel like he has a big dick. Right. Now with Cody McLeod back in the room, he walks up to Cody McLeod. Right. And he's like, oh, you hey, know what? I am pretty big. You look at me. I'm the captain now. Which he might be. Maybe, maybe, maybe we've maybe we figured out the riddle. Maybe Cody McLeod is the four-inch wonder that this New York Ranger locker room needed. It's just what he. It's just what I needed. Uh, an amazing analysis by Bullshit's Breakaway. That's what you guys come here for. That's what you get. Is are we too raunchy? I don't know. No, uh, Grandpa, we lost Grandpa Red a long time ago. Yeah, well, we lost our sponsors too. Wait a second, we never had any. Uh, Can't lose something you never had. <laughs> that's points in my temple. Just like your father. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> we're gonna get into losing stuff that you've had later, because uh, I have a nice rant about that. Mm. Uh, the Rangers have also signed Rob Ogara, and they nope. They have not. No, no, they have. I just have refused to. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I read that, Greg. Yeah. Not really sure what Rob Ogara is bringing to this team, too. Uh, he'll be a bottom pairing defender in Hartford. Yeah, he'll get time. I mean, that's that's kind of a non-story for me. I don't think he'll play too much in the NHL this year. No, again, if. Rob O'Gara, if if Steve Camper is the Rangers' tenth best defenseman, O'Gara is probably eleventh. Uh, I think O'Gara is better than Camper. He's better than Camper because he's younger. That's neither good. are good though. That's here's here. That's the thing about both of them. They're both bad, but at least O'Gara is in his mid twenties, so you can say. Ah. Maybe he's growing. Maybe he's got something in there. Steve, Steve Camper is is purely 
not just he is what huh? he is. Huh? He's just he's there's huh? no hope of him getting any better. No, there's no hope. No hope, Camper. Hey, but good for you for getting paid, man. You made more yeah, money in two years guys, on the Rangers guys, than I'll make in my life. God, I can't. I can't Steve Camper got a multi-year deal. What did, the? Two years? What are you thinking? I, again, Jeff Gordon does a lot of smart things, and then he does shit like that, and you really think to yourself, like, if Jeff Gordon's one of the smartest guys in the league, how stupid is this league? Oh, it's really bad. It's really dumb. Um, it's incredibly dumb. Let's talk about – I keep doing um recently. It's, mm. been, it's been annoying me. I noticed that I'm doing it, listeners. So I'm going to try. This is the you know segment from, from Greg. I, I do the – if there's a little silence and I go um, it's been annoying the crap out of me. Hmm. Um, all right. Here we go. <laughs> that was a premise. That was a premise. I got you that one. I'm sure it was. Sean Gilmore is back as a Ranger also. This is not a, also this, not surprising. This is not surprising whatsoever. I think John Gilmore is a perfect seventh defenseman. He seems like a mostly don't hurt you guy. I would like to see more of him. I don't think he'll end up being anything special. Just a guy I would like to see it during a rebuild year. That's all. I I think John Gilmore is going to be used in the exact role I think he should be used in, which is like you said. Um, I am off com- nights. <laughs> oh. I, I am comfortable with him being my seventh defenseman on a good hockey team. I am also comfortable with him getting minutes on a hockey team that is admittedly bad, which is what I think the Rangers are. Even with that said, I don't know how Gilmore is going to find minutes on this Rangers team this year. Here's the, and basically here's why, right? We have, we've talked about the Rangers defensive depth before, which to me has four guarantees that have to be in the lineup. Shea, Shattenkirk, Pionk, and I still say D'Angelo is a guarantee to be in this lineup just because – yeah, you paid a lot to get him. He's still only 22 years old. He play he fills a need that you desperately have to fill, right-handed defenseman, and he looked better last year before his injury. I I understand again. I I'm not going to go on this rant on every podcast. Tony D'Angelo seems like an asshole. He has said some horrific things. He doesn't exactly seem like the world's greatest teammate. It would be nice if he wasn't a New York Ranger. However, if we're going to live in this world where Tony D'Angelo is a Ranger and in this system, you have to play him to see what you have. You have to be the team that finds out if this guy is something you build with. And the only time to find that out is during a season in which the stakes are noticeably lower, which for the Rangers is next year. The Rangers are not fighting for a cup. They're not even challenging. They're not even going out of their way to challenge for a playoff appearance. They don't want to. I truly believe that. This team just wants to figure out what their young kids can do. And if we, we've all agreed that that's what the New York Rangers are trying to do next year, I don't know how you can sit there and say, well, Tony D'Angelo doesn't deserve a spot in this lineup. He does. And he needs to get significant ice time in order for us to figure out what he is. So to me, those are your four locks. Call it a day. Starting your season with at least four of those defensemen. Shea, Shattenkirk, Pionk, D'Angelo. You then have to roster Brendan Smith if he earns it, and I think the Rangers are going to give him every chance to earn it. You're going to keep Mark Stahl in this ro- roster for reasons that our good friend Rick Carpinello pointed out, which is the Rangers see Stahl in a leadership capacity. So right there you have six guys that are going to see the ice. They just signed Freddie Klassen, who is going to make this team, whether he's the seventh defenseman, where he's rotating in with Smith and Stahl, he'll be on this roster. And the aforementioned Steve Camper is also under contract. Uh, 
Do I think Camford deserves a roster spot over John Gilmore? Absolutely no. not. No chance at, in hell. At the same time, to go back to my Cody McLeod principle, I don't want John Gilmore to be sitting in the press box four nights a week or however many nights the Rangers play a week. If John Gilmore is staying in this organization, he needs to play on a nightly basis. We got a glimpse of what he can do when given some run. I, I don't think he was good enough in that run to say for sure he deserves to be handed a job come opening night. But this is still a 25-year-old defenseman who has proven to have some tangible NHL value. And while he will never be your team's number one defenseman, I, I think he's a perfectly serviceable NHL depth piece and every good team needs a John Gilmore. Um, I would want John Gilmore playing top four minutes in Hartford. I think he will get those. I think it benefits a guy like Lever Hayek or Ryan Lindgren to, to play with John Gilmore for at least the first half of the season. I think that would, John Gilmore, again, not the world's greatest defenseman, but he is now a guy with experience and a guy with experience is going to help one of your potentially f- bright future pieces. John Gilmore is going to serve an important role with the New York Rangers in this upcoming season. I just don't think that role is in New York. I can't say it better than what you did. That's the best. No, that's that's why, the best. That's why you pay me the big bucks, babe. That's why I pay you zero dollars. And no, I there's, is there, there ever been a better monologue about John Gilmore than that? Probably not. Will there ever be a better monologue than about John Gilmore? No. You know what? It's the summer. It's it's August. It's August. Oh my god. It's it's, it's July sixteenth. Oh, I said June. Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. okay. The boy. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Breakaway boys. It. Yeah. Yeah, John. We I think we're in complete agreement. John Gilmore is a guy that serves a role on every NHL team. He is NHL a guy team. who plays hockey. All right. This has yeah. been enough of us. Uh, let's. Let's transition over to our guest. We have a very special guest today. Her name is Gabby from uh, For Puck's Sake. Is that correct, Greg? That's correct. All right. We'll go on and talk to her. I think she's a Flyers fan. That's our second ever Flyers fan on the podcast. We'll be talking mm-hmm. all things hockey and just the offseason. Maybe we're going to do Fritz's free content of the week, talking about the NHL Summer League. That should happen. And then uh, we'll shoot the shit. We'll come back, and I'm going to talk about how I got robbed again. Jesus Christ. Not metaphorically either. No. Not metaphorically. All right. We'll be back. Transition. And we're back with our guest of the day. We have Gabby from For Puck's Sake. I see what you did there. Uh, yes. You're a podcast. Please say hello. Hi. You're a podcast. Like you in general are a podcast. I know. Great introduction. Yeah. Um, but we, at the last second, reached out to you. And you were so gracious to come on our show. And I, we really, I really appreciate it. But then you told us you were a Philadelphia Flyers fan. And I'm not sure why you're here anymore. Um, yeah. I was walking back in class. And I run the podcast Twitter. And I got that little bing, and I was like, I don't feel like studying. I'll talk hockey with some strangers. First, so here I am. First off, it's the summer. So yes. why are you in class? Um, I go to Drexel in Philadelphia, which um, runs all year round because we have a cool internship program. You're, you're kind of all in on this Philadelphia storyline, and I really don't know how to feel about yeah, it. me either. I'm sorry. Are you, what are your thoughts? We're just going to go over the board here. What are your thoughts yeah. on the Philadelphia renaissance that you guys are going through in sports in general? Or are you just a hockey person currently? No, I am Philadelphia, born and raised, yeah. Phillies, Eagles, Flyers. It's all in my blood. Sixers, not so much, but still cool. Um, you don't trust the process? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just, just not from clearly, a basketball family. You clearly don't so. trust the process. It's, it's, I, you'll get I trust the process, and when they win, I will celebrate. <laughs> and, I thought, and I was really excited if we were going to get LeBron. 
but that's about it. I mean, and I love Joel Embiid's cool too. Ben Simmons, Danny Kendall Jenner, not so hot on, but whatever. Listen, $900 million. What can you do wrong? All right, let's yeah. talk about the rest of Philly. So the, you got the Eagles Super Bowl. Check. Yes. Got that yes. done. You're about to trade for Manny Machado. Check. Yes. That's going to be awesome for you. And then the Flyers. What's good about them? Um, obviously, JVR coming home. Um, Claude Giroux should have won a heart. Um, bitter. Uh, Sean Couturier should have won the Selkie. Bitter. Um, Ivan Provorov tied all NHL defensemen in goals this year. Didn't even get a vote for the Norris. Shane Goss's bear was up there too. Carter Hart's coming up. Uh, Nolan Patrick, obviously Travis Konechny, uh, Phil Myers, Travis Sandheim. We have a lot of things to be excited about. And for a really long time, we've been two years away from being two years away. And with getting JVR, we are now two years away. Do you feel at all bad that getting JVR probably means the end of Wayne Simmons? Um. It kind of sucks, but I think that um, I don't. I don't think it necessarily means the end of Wayne Simmons. I think it means that Wayne Simmons has a more of a role playing role. Um, and if we do get rid of him, it's going to suck. But we're not losing that production, and um, it's going to be sad. But it won't be as heartbreaking as if we didn't get JBR. Hmm. So you know. say the two years away from the two years away. I feel like that's where the Rangers are currently, where we're, we're, we're certainly beginning the, oh, we're two years away, and two years from now I might be like, oh, we're two years away. The, how, yeah. how long has that been the, your flyer life? Um, since 2011. That's not that long. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we somehow made the Stanley Cup final in 2010, so I can't say before then. But even that year, nobody thought that was going to be that we were going to get there. Mm-hmm. And then that 2011 team looked really good, but everybody hated each other, um, and so everybody got traded. And we've always kind of been rebuilding. And Paul Holgram put us in such our old GM put us in such a hole with cap space, and Ron Hexel came in and finally cleared that all out. And so I think this is the first time that like I can be really, really excited for the season. Who's the player on your team right now that you're the most excited to watch this season? Ivan Provorov. Give me a reason. This is this is this is how I know you had Namita on your podcast recently. But go on. No, I, I've always been Ivan Provorov fan. Um, it's not just Namita; it's people who watch ho- Flyers hockey are excited about Ivan Provorov. Um, I think Ivan Provorov and Sean Couturier are the two. And then, like, you kind of – you're excited to see what Nolan Patrick can do with a whole season of being healthy. But Ivan Provorov is the one that you're like, this kid is going to be something. Um, Jeff Merrick talked about that he's a kid that's going to win Norris trophies in the future. You can see it in the way he plays. And just getting to see that from the very beginning is very exciting. And, I mean, he's 20 years old, and he tied the league in uh, – he was, he was tied for the most goals of any NHL defenseman. Like the kid is a beast. He's playing almost 24 minutes a night and he, he, his training is ridiculous. His dad actually moved their whole family from Russia when he was 14 to get him with the best skating coaches, to get him with the best trainer so that he can be this Russian machine never breaks like Alex Ovechkin. Mm. I don't know. I've seen this Rocky movie. It doesn't end well for the Russian. I Listen, I'm just, we're just jealous because we have no defensemen like at all. At all. We also we have Brady Shea. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, we got to figure out where Brady Shea is, though. We're still that, trying to figure that one out. That's uh, it's also the Flyers. Like, I don't like the I don't like Philly being happy. Like that's really where it comes down to for me. I know that's oh, a terrible thing to we're say. We're so but... obnoxious now. We've had so much pain for. Wait, so hold long. on. Rewind. Just I I hate to interrupt you because it's the first time we've ever speaking. You're full obnoxious now, right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
now this is the year you're starting? I mean, we've always been kind of obnoxious, but now it's a new level. Oh, like, God. we told you guys that if Philly sports ever got good, we would reach a level of asshole that the world had never seen. Well, you reached it in 2008. You've been there since 2008. It's been <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, there's been a lot. I mean, if you would have won with McNabb, it would have been here really early. But now you've... Uh, I mean, I was rooting for you against the Pats, somewhat. Yeah. So... You got you had that going for you. It was like I mean, you're one of the backup quarterback. We're going to be a new level of obnoxious. I don't know if you guys saw it, but yesterday, um, in Philly, um, down one of the streets, they closed it off for a World Cup viewing party, and afterwards they put on the Super Bowl, and there was just like like thousands of people came and watched a replay of the Super Bowl in the streets in July. I, yep, I did read about it, and I hate you guys. So <laughs> you, know the, you know the Phillies are good this year. You could just go to a Philly game. You don't have to keep watching the Super Bowl. I mean, but why not? I guess that's true. It still I feels good. I mean, if the Rangers won a cup, I'd watch it all the time. So They have won a cup, Ryan. Yeah, like in my last 20 years. <laughs> I, you were going to say in your lifetime. Uh, that was a good catch. I caught myself. <laughs> I was five years old. I watched it. Yeah, yeah, um, we were there. I was there. I was alive. All right. So let's talk about how you started the podcast then. Yes. Um. So I obviously listen to a lot of hockey podcasts. I listen to Steve Dangle. I listen to 31 Thoughts. I listen to an amazing um Philly uh, podcast, Broad Street Hockey, which has two female hosts, but there is a very large lack of women in like mainstream hockey media, but there is this entire underground network of female hockey fans online. Um, and so I was in a Flyers group chat and it was getting towards the end of the season and we're getting kind of bored. And I was like, Hey, why don't we start? Like we have so much knowledge. And for me personally, I'm not studying to be in hockey and so this is kind of my last chance to really delve in. And so I was like, why don't we start a podcast? And it's just for us, all girls. We can just talk about whatever we want to talk about. And um, there are a lot of Flyers podcasts out there. So we said, why don't we reach out and see who we can get? Like, we'll get three or four girls and get more a more diverse um, like group of girls and different teams. And so we put it on Tumblr, actually. And 70 girls applied to be in the podcast. It's um, a large amount. It's, it was a large amount. And so obviously like our first thought was like, whoever applies and they like, join. And then we're like, no, that's way too many. So we put out a Google doc and we kind of straightened it out and we ended up with 16. That's now been cut down to 14 because two girls had to leave. Um, and this is just a really fun group of girls that have a lot, a lot of hockey knowledge and are willing to do research on things we don't understand and want to come together and just have fun and talk about hockey. Cause it's something that we all love. That's pretty much our story, except we no one applied. No one wants to hang out with us whatsoever. Uh, and now we're still here. I don't know what happened. And we were terrible when we first started. And yeah, by terrible, I mean one of my first opinions was, is Dan Girardi bad? And I quickly learned that was a terrible opinion. Because <laughs> he was very uh, good, Greg? <laughs> no, he's, he's – it, it, it was uh, – uh, it was confirmed. He's 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 yeah. just not good at the hockey. Got it. I mean, you guys might get him back if Eric Carlson goes to the Lightning. Yeah. Let me let me tell you about how I feel about that. <laughs> Has it ever happened in hockey history that a team is paying a guy twice? See, we, we don't know either. I, I need know. I need to, that wasn't that wasn't me asking hypothetically. I was actually asking if no any team has paid a guy twice. I don't know, but someone will let us know because they not only paid a guy like twice, but overpaid a guy twice. He's he's coming <laughs> home. <laughs> I mean, if you're JVR, everybody's going home. John Tavares went home. JVR went home. Dan Giardi's next. Yeah, Dan Giardi uh, coming back to the city. We'll take Callahan with him. And uh, just, it's some nice prospects. Just, re 
reunite the boys. If Hank, if Hank's going down with this ship, he might as well be happy. Uh, on fire. <laughs> he might as well be on fire is what you wanted to say. That's also what I wanted to say. Our, uh, Gabby, what is um, some of the craziest things that you've seen so far this offseason? It doesn't have to be Tavares signing in Toronto. It could also be Tavares signing in Toronto. Um, what the hell is Lou Lamorello doing with the Islanders? Yeah! Oh, great things. He's doing great things. Let's not great nobody things, complain. Great things. I think nobody complain. I mean, Valtteri Filppula getting a shit ton of money in the island, and Brandon Manning signed for a shit ton of money to Chicago. Have been my two favorite things all off season. Yeah, but don't you are you upset that they took Matt from Toronto? They're like, we're gonna get him. And they took Matt Molson. So Matt, oh, Martin. Matt Martin. Martin. Sorry, yeah. why did I say Molson? We all saw that coming. Like, we all knew what was happening as soon as Lou was out. But it's just Matt Martin finally gets to go home and he doesn't even get to grow that glorious flow back. Well, he, he wanted to be back on Long Island. His father-in-law is here and all that. His, he definitely wanted to come back. I'm not really worried about yeah. that. But the best, the best part about Philpola that you didn't bring up is they didn't just sign him to a one-year deal. They gave him a full no-trade clause. Let's go. Oh, that was so dumb. Like, JVR doesn't have one. Why the fuck would you give one to Phil Plot? I don't know if I can curse. I'm sorry. Yo, you can, oh, you can absolutely curse. curse on this podcast. <laughs> 100%. You have not heard us talk about the Flyers enough to know if you can curse on this podcast. I'm oh, sorry. Um, no, I still think my favorite contract is the Russ Johnston signing. Who? Just because nobody knows who he is and he has a four-year deal. Who? Yeah, like, like, come on. What do I need to do to get a four-year deal from the Islanders? What do I need to do to get a four-year deal, period? Yeah, you, know what, you know what job security comes with a four-year contract? It's like tenure. You could do anything with it. <laughs> oh, man. He's going to be so good. Yeah, I would say the Islanders, Lou Lamorello and his escapades, because a lot of people were personally messaging me and being like, oh, my God, the Islanders had a great draft with Wallstrom and Dobson. They're going to have signed Tavares back. They're going to be a contender, and they're going to start taking over the city. Yeah, none of that's happening anymore. Wow, we were so scared for such a week. Oh, it was so crazy, <laughs> wasn't it? I don't know. I, w- I was never scared. I don't understand why people were so excited that I Lou Lamorello either. was coming back to New York. Well, one of the things I talked about on the podcast, I was like, I think Lou Lamorello was like a weekend at Bernie situation in Toronto. Like, I think he's gone senile and Kyle Dubas is kind of pulling all the strings. And now that he's in the island and like nobody's there to do that, you're kind of seeing like he's not the, that great anymore. I don't think that's really – is that really that far-fetched of a theory at this point? That- I, I, think, I think you can make a Venn diagram of moves the Leafs have made over the last couple of years – and figure out which ones were Lou and which ones were Kyle. Oh, and absolutely. There are a couple in the middle that you, you're you not 100% on. Those are the, probably Mark Hunter. <laughs> exactly. Wait, what club was Hunter? Wasn't nobody... yesterday the day he was up? Isn't he technically an Islander now? Who, Mark Hunter? Yeah. I haven't seen anything, and that's what I was about to say. I was like, why is nobody hiring that guy? No, I think, I think, he, went to, I went, I think he went to the Islanders, but... Because it was close to the draft, the Leafs were like, you can't officially go until the 15th. Uh, so I, I think over this weekend, he very quietly became a New York Islander. Very quietly. I could be very wrong about this, and we could just yeah. be making stuff up. But, uh, making stuff up is uh, half a podcast. That's what I like to do. Yeah. Um, as crazy as life has been in the Atlantic, the Metro, for the most part, kind of quiet. I think yeah. the, the Columbus – I like what the Blue Jackets have done. Uh, I like that the Penguins are dumb. Yes, that made me very Jack happy. Johnson. Do you think? But at the same time, I don't know if you feel this way. I don't feel like the hierarchy in the Metro has been disturbed by this offseason. No, the Caps are the same. The Penguins got a little bit worse. They obviously get a little bit older. If they lose Phil Kessel because Phil Kessel wants out, 
then the hierarchy starts to change. But until that happens, they're just kind of stuck. Unless Phil Castle and um, Sullivan can't interact with each other at all, and that becomes a toxic situation. But I think I think those two are pretty safe. And then you've got the Blue Jackets and the Flyers fighting for that three spot. And then the rest of you guys are kind of SOL. Oh, that's not nice to the Devils. They just made the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the Devils. Oh, that's that's even meaner to the Devils. Well, they've got Taylor Hall and then who else? Um, and these uh, Nico, Nico Heischer. Taylor Hall. I like I like Heischer. Uh, I like uh, Marcus Johansson as long as he can stay healthy. Corey and goal for now. For now. <laughs> if, he, if he's healthy, if Corey Schneider plays Corey Schneider hockey, like they're going to be fine. It's that if he sucks again and Keith can't, can't have a miracle season, then they're in trouble. A miracle Aww. season, Keith. Yeah, where, where Keith Kincaid stands. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't, know, I don't know if I'll take that sitting down. Sorry. Um, oh, that's okay. He no, sucks. I, you suck, Keith. <laughs> I, I quietly like the Devils, but I think they were the team that was a year or two ahead of their timetable last year. Yeah. I, I don't know if they'll have that season again, but I also don't know if it's a bad thing if they don't. Like That's still a very young team. Yeah, I like the Devils for giving us Nolan Patrick, um, but that's about the extent of why I like the Devils. I don't know. Hot take for you. I kind of. I'd rather have Heischer. I I'm scared. You're wrong. <laughs> Whoa. I'm scared shitless of guys with head injuries at young ages. As as yeah. much as I love Josh Rosen in the NFL, if you have a concussion history, that terrifies me these days. I, I don't like it. I there's just too much science that's coming out behind it now that it it just never goes away. So I I'll. I am not the only one to say this, but I will tell you that uh, I am very shaky of Nolan Patrick's long-term success because I can't guarantee his long-term health. I I think he's never going to be the um, the like flashy center like Tavares is, like Sagan is. Um, I think he is going to quietly do his job, and I think he will be very Sean Couturier, Anze Kopitar-ish, and that he's going to use his body and he's going to do quiet things very well. And I think that is what's going to protect the longevity of his career. Hmm. He's never going to be that guy that people target. Sure. I just, I, I hate to say this because I feel like people say this about football all the time, but I mean, it, it, it is a violent sport. I don't oh, think yeah. there's any way for these guys to truly protect themselves. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to be able to play until he's 37, but if he gets to 32 and like, I think he'll have a good career here. Like it's just a, it depresses me to talk about that kind of timeline. Yeah. It's it's I, I get really sentimental about Rick Nash because I I just Yeah, we get sad about Rick Nash all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm at we've said this on the podcast. I'm at a point with Rick Nash where I just want him to be a happy father. Like I, I mean, don't want him putting himself in harm's way anymore. He's made I mean, his millions of dollars, just do what you want to do. Yeah, we had Eric Lindros. Like I get that. Hey, so do we. True. But um Be sure that like, yeah, so obviously seeing seeing what he did and like watching him play like in alumni games and stuff, you're like, God, he could still play. Like he could skate up he could lace up any with any team right now and be totally fine. As long as he's like Billy Bob from Varsity Blues, though one more shot to the head and I don't think we see him walk anymore. Yeah, but same with Sidney Crosby. Well, yeah. Not gonna... That's a good point and sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. that I have you Ryan, have, I don't know if you have. Gabby, I'm sure you have. Have you ever read up on how Eric Ledros became a flyer? I have not. Yes. Oh, my God, dude. It is one of the most fascinating storylines in sports that I don't think we talk about enough. Are you going to leave me hanging? No, I'm not. The, the Quebec Nordiques had his rights. 
they agreed to two different trades, one with the Flyers and one with the Rangers. And they couldn't, I don't know if they, like the both teams called them out on their shit saying you can't just agree to a deal with two teams. What the fuck is this? So it went to arbitration and an arbiter basically decided which team Eric Lindros was going to get traded to. The Flyers got their paperwork in first. Wow. And that's how it was done. And the Flyers gave up a ton in that trade. Peter Forsberg. Yep. Ooh, I don't know. But yeah, dude, read up on the Eric Lindros trade. That entire saga is fascinating. I will, it's just, it's just, I will be doing that tonight. He and Bobby Clark hated each other. Like, oh, yeah. Hated, hated, hated each other. And so when Eric Lindros's number was retired this year, it's hanging next to Bobby Clark's for eternity or until Claude Giroux's number gets retired. And it's just, it's a nice piece of irony hanging in the rafters. Perfect. What do you think? What, uh, oh, God. Oh, okay. no. You go, I was going to go with the Fitz free contest of the week. Um, oh, I was going to go Carlson related. Go Carlson. Then, you, we'll do, then we'll do Fitzy. What was your take on the whole Carlson drama? Are you tired of it yet? Because I am um, exhausted. I can't believe that Mike Hoffman's still in the NHL. Um, I think I think that whole thing is ridiculous that um, that he still has a job. Um, I understand that it's not really him doing it, but it is on him that it that he didn't like. I, it's like hard to explain, but like the fact the fact that he is still a highly touted player in this NH, in the NHL and that there's not this cloud of like ew around him um, when it comes to GMs is kind of question mark. Um, I think you got to get Erickson or the Eric Carlson out of Ottawa, but please do not send him to the lightning. Send him out of division where he doesn't have to see Hoffman 12,000 times a year and don't send them to the same state. I, if I'm Carlson, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to project on anyone because I'm just a psychopath that shouldn't be yeah, doing you're that. Just a stupid psychopath on a Rangers podcast. But, I am, but it, I just to what, your what point, Greg, I, you're going with is like, I, I probably care about winning, right? Well, no, if I'm Carlson, I want to beat the shit out of Hoffman every chance I get. So I wouldn't mind playing him four times a year. That too. Like that's that's where I was going. I'd 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 want to be able to be on the ice and maybe one Hoffman's not looking, put a shoulder in his mouth. But that's 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 who I am, and I'm not a good person like Eric Carlson. I'm thinking about winning multiple cups. Do you want to go to the Lightning where you have to play against him all the chance, and then to even get to the Stanley Cup final, you got to go through the Penguins and the Capitals and. Um, I think the I'd Toronto Police and the Bruins, or do you want to go to the West and go to the Sharks, where you're just kind of basically like, except for Vegas was weird this year, or even go to Vegas where you've got a clear path to a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I think the Sharks have now priced themselves out of Carlson yeah. just because they've extended everybody and their mother uh, this off season. Uh, I think this- I think I'd rather go to the Lightning than I think I'd rather go to the East than the West. I feel like the East is going to be on a big decline soon, with the exception of the Maple Leafs. And and the lightning. Who else is going to be real dangerous in the next three years? Flyers. Okay. Well, I meant, I meant Carter for, Hart's coming. Gabby, I meant for real. Carter Hart's coming. Okay. I'm just if if you're Carlson, you have a chance to play in front of Vasilevsky. You're playing with Victor Hedman. Ryan McDonough's there. Um, there's Anton the Stroman's there for a year. That hockey will ever get. It's yeah. They're, the Lightning become the monsters if Carlson goes to the Lightning. Yeah, they are now. They're they're, they're insane. So how do you get Kucherov to sign for less than ten million? What kind of voodoo income magic tax! this guy's been working? <laughs> I, I love it. State income tax, man. God bless it. Well, actually, there was an accountant on Twitter who kind of explained that it doesn't really matter that 
where they make the the way that the NHL taxes work is that where they make the money over the time, it's kind of done like hourly wages. And so by day, where they are is the income tax that they get. So they get a little bit of a decline depending on the state income tax, but it's not that much because every road trip you're getting taxed in that state. Right. But my the thing I've always wondered, and I'm sure it has been answered on the Internet and I'm just too lazy to find it. Are these guys only getting paid during the season or are you cashing those checks in the summertime too? And are you just chilling at home in your beautiful Miami Beach apartment? That was my question because they do get the signing bonus. So if you're getting the signage bonus in the $5 million signing bonus in Tampa Bay, that's tax-free. True. So. And that what, – what, I think and that, he, was, that was talking I, math with Richard Breakaway. Yeah, I think Kucherov did the Tavares where like 70% of his salary is all signing bonus now. Well, that has to do with the logout that's coming too. Well, yeah, that's another thing. That's two years away. Well, three years or two years? Two years. Two years. Two years. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll be finding stuff to talk about during the lockout as well. I'm yeah, sure. well, like maybe like NHL Summer League. Yeah. Just kidding, because that won't be happening because we'll be locked out. But I wanted to bring up the idea of NHL Summer League. That's been a hot topic on Twitter recently. Yes. I just don't understand why we wouldn't do something like that, especially uh, not this week because there's All Star break, but there are some weeks coming up where you could do like some some sort of junior tournament with your with your younger players in development for the Summer League for the NHL, and yet we have nothing. We have absolutely nothing. That's one of the things that I talked about um, in this episode that you guys haven't listened to with Namita yet um, is the the idea of just push push the AHL back or do like every other um, young athlete because I, I was an athlete growing up and I played Division one softball. Um, every other sport plays over the summer, even winter sports. Basketball plays over the summer. Squash plays over the summer. Hockey's the only one where these kids are plucked out of high school and sent on the road. And so, hey, instead of taking them out of high school, let them get an education and send them on the road over the summer. And then these people have something to watch and you can get more excited about prospects in the draft and such. I, I do want to stay on this topic for a second, but I want to go back. Did you say squash? Was I was going to do the same thing. There? I'm so glad you did that. What? No, I played softball. You oh, no, but I, I heard a squash in there somewhere. You named squash because I don't actually know what squash is. Oh, I squash about, is like indoor tennis. Yeah. It's one of those winter sports that play that um, like – athletes get recruited over the summer for they play over the summer who's getting recruited for squash like top squash 100 kids in high school um i went to a high school where like two of the kids now play professionally hold up hold up there's a professional squash league yeah i gotta know about it yeah it's like it's like tennis so they're like tournaments and such what's happening yeah oh my parents failed me as a child yeah i could have been so many things they squashed my dreams (laughs) (laughs) um no, but so there, there are some tournaments, right? Like the Rangers every year, they play in Traverse City. But I think it's on, that's even that is only six teams. I think the problem you get into with hockey that you don't have in basketball, for example. Injuries. Not, 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 not so much injuries because you could blow a knee out playing basketball or, or bust your ankle up at any point. I, I've, I've kind of crossed off the we don't do this because of injuries talk because Viewership. you can just get hurt whenever doing anything. Like professional baseball players play baseball in the winter. You can blow your arm out in December just like you can in July. Um, but I think the problem is m- not all, but most of your really good young prospects are either also signed to European contracts or have Division One eligibility concerns they have to worry about. So it's really hard to get all of your prospects in the same place at the same time and have – it be okay with all parties involved. Like if you're, if you're the Islanders, I'm pretty sure the NCAA can just tell Oliver Wallstrom, bro, you're not playing in a summer league tournament with a professional hockey team. If you want to play hockey at Michigan, 
And if you're in the KHL and you're with Traktar, you're looking at um, Vladdy Krasnov. You're not all of a sudden being like, no, dude, that's fine. Go play summer hockey there instead of training with your team in Europe and helping us win uh, the Super Cup this year. Like it, it, it gets a little confusing in the NHL because while these guys are team properties, there are eligibility concerns that don't exist. If you get drafted in the NBA, you're in the NBA. You might not be like you might end up playing in the G League, or you may end up eventually going to play in a European league. But you no longer have to worry about Division One eligibility. And I think that's where the line is in hockey, where these guys get drafted, they're still in college, they're still playing in Europe. It's it would be, the the summer league would basically be just the AHL. And that season already goes into what feels like late June with the uh, Calder Cup. So I, I don't know. I, I would love to see one. This is not me saying I don't want to see it. Yeah. I'm just also saying I, I understand why there isn't one. Or at least make rookie camps like longer than a week. And so like you have like a week of like rookie camp and then have like two, three weeks of games. And then it's a month that they're here. They're under – you you get to like watch them develop, watch them actually playing games, and then you send them on their way. I, I still think it it all comes back to if I'm man, general manager owner of a team in Sweden, and I'm worried about what Leah Anderson is going to do for my team this coming year. Do I really want him spending three weeks playing against lower competition rookies, or do I want him back in Sweden training with the team, getting ready for the upcoming season? You don't think he's going to be on the Rangers next year? Uh, it was just an, an example. Like oh. when the Rangers took Leas. Okay. Uh, I, I fully expect Leas to be on the Rangers. I he fully expect him yeah. to get minutes at the start of the season. Um, and then if something happens, I fully expect him to play top line center minutes in Hartford. But I'm saying when the Rangers took Leas, if you're the, his Swedish team, where do you want him? Because you still have rights to him. And I think okay. that's where it gets complicated. Like, Doncic didn't play in the NBA Summer League, did he? Am I speaking out my butt? He did not. Uh, mostly because they couldn't get him out of the contract in time. He would only make it for one game. There you go. So if, and, but but if you're Barcelona and you have his rights, where do you want Doncic? Yeah, but he's coming, he's but, coming over. He's a Mav already. I get your point, but yes. But, that, but like, say, Rubio, when he got drafted, Barcelona was like, nah, bro, you're staying in Spain. It's that simple. But you if you're contracts. that kid and you're that kid's agent... And the NHL, which is the ultimate dream, is saying, we want you here for a month. Who are you going to listen to? That Swedish league team or your dream NHL team? I think the agent is like, hey, by the way, Russia's paying you $2 million to chill here, whereas the NHL is going to pay you 925000 American. That might be true. I, I just hope that we could work out one day where we can have some sort of more fun tournament in the middle of the summer where there's nothing going on. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I will say that. talk about Julius Honka. What, what happened to Honka? No, that's always the mid-July where everybody fights about Julius Honka for some reason. Oh, we we did that this summer. We did it. Uh, it was the um, would you trade Zuccarello for a first rounder in Honka debate? Yeah. So when will we have those stupid debates? Probably next week. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to find something to talk about. <laughs> all right, Gabby. Thanks so much for coming on. You want to plug all your uh-huh. podcasts and your Twitter and stuff? Sure. Um, listen to for Puck's Sake podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play. You can follow the podcast at For Puck's Sake Pod, or you can follow me at Gid, G-I-D, underscore it, underscore done, um, on Twitter. Uh, Wait, thank is you your very Twitter much. account Get Done? Get It Done. Get It Done. 
All right. Get it done. It's from eighth grade, and I regret it highly. Yeah, it's okay. We all make mistakes. Most important question I have for you, Gabby. Yes. Your thoughts on Chase Utley. Oh, he's the man. I fucking hate this. All right, well, Gabby, I... see you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're back. That was a nice little interview. Yeah. But she came on the last second. That was very nice of her. She didn't have to do that for she us. She did not. It would have just been but an hour of us. I know you would have been so upset about that. A little, a little brotherly love. Speaking is what of, we got from Gabby. Hey, it's 2018. Sisterly love too. Um, Fuck Philly. Anyway. Yeah, okay. Greg, I got my house got robbed again today. <laughs> God, I, hold on. You buried the lead there. Um, in case people didn't hear what Ryan just said, very quickly, <laughs> he said, "Greg, my house just got robbed." Pause again. As yeah. in, this is not the first time, and it's not even the first time this summer. Yeah, I don't know how to say this. All right, how do I explain my situation? You want me to do it in uh, Greg terms, and you expand from there? Uh, I, I think I'll do it in my terms, and you can you can tell me if this is correct. Okay. My, I'm going to get too personal, I think. Well, first of all, I'm saying it's your uncle. Shouldn't have called him at his office, it's bro. It's probably my uncle. Uh, I'm going to get too personal. My mother had a boyfriend. That boyfriend didn't work out. My mother moved back home. Yes. Um. So since she started moving back home, she lives in a room downstairs. Okay. We have a house where we can share that things for now. It's well, it, it's 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 a nice uh, establishment. I've been it, there. It's a place. As you may know, I'm good friends with my mother. So now you can all make jokes. Oh, Ryan lives with his mom. Yes, I do. There you go. Make jokes. Uh, I would love to live with my mom. Have you have you met Peggy Kaplan? I have. She yelled, she yelled have, at a professional hockey player this weekend. It was lovely. I have not. I have not met her in person yet, but I will at the foundation. The foundation. The forum. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very hot in my room. Um, so yes, my mother moved back home. And if you knew, you listened to the mod, the mom cast of Bushwick Breakaway a couple of episodes ago, you know that my mom is obsessed with giraffes, like Big time. out of her mind, obsessed with giraffes. So if you're thinking to yourself, does she own a ton of giraffe material? Yes. The answer is yes. So mm-hmm. we, we got robbed a couple weeks ago where someone came and broke our back window and walked into our house. Did not take anything of worth from my area. Did not ransack any drawers of of relevance, with the exception of one drawer that was just all my mom's giraffe jewelry, and took for took a large amount of giraffe jewelry. Now, was that giraffe jewelry worth something? I mean, they took like her engagement ring and her wedding ring and stuff that was, you know, her. Not that the wedding ring matters, guys. Relax. Uh, but it was, it had, it had, it had some value. <laughs> it had some value. Then we got a security system. Cause you know what? We got robbed. Not, not trying to be dumb here. We got a security system. Mm-hmm. The guy came back today. I caught him on video, but he took, he came back in and took a few things. And these things of note are this. He took a giraffe scarf I got from my mom for Christmas. Hmm. A, a bunch of giraffe jewelry that she took off and left in her one drawer that, she, hmm. th- that they took. That he took, a bunch of uh, purses and walked them back to the car. All the purses were empty. He took the giraffe holder that had her giraffe jewelry on it and took nothing else. Did not go into my basement. Did not go into my room. It's a very Correct. confusing situation. But my one point is, why would you only steal cheap shit giraffe jewelry from a woman whose only love in life is giraffe jewelry? Well, see, you keep saying it's very confusing, and I don't, I don't know how else to tell you that this isn't confusing at all. This is, I, I, I've seen the video that you've sent me. I sent you the video of the person walking in my driveway. Yes, and I will, I will say that that does not fit the description that you've given me of 
uh, your mom's ex. That is correct. They are they do not look alike at all. At the same time, your ex, the ex has a role to play in this, and I, he's I playing. Don't, I don't want to like accuse the, man. This is a hell of a who the hell f is Bush with breakaway. I don't want to accuse my mom's psycho ex boyfriend. Um, I do. Uh, I know so you I do. I do. I like part of me does too, but other. Other parts of me wants to be like, it's a random hit, and the guy came back and thought we didn't have a security system this time, but we do. Here's, yeah, but here's where it's not a random hit, man, and you, you've you said this. He went into a specific drawer and stole specific things. He went into two's drawers in particular. That was it. There was a whole nother I'm, – I'm not going to explain your mom's bedroom, but I will say that there's a whole nother dresser immediately next to the drawers he went into that had a substantial amount of cash in it, this, and the cash was untouched. This is correct. That cash is is now safely put into a bank. But, yeah, but at the same like, if it's a random job, someone is looking through more than one drawer, more than two drawers. It just feels so. It feels so personal. I feel, that, I feel it, violated. And okay, the fact that you stole, you scumbag, if you're listening, giraffe jewelry from an old lady whose only joy in life is still giraffe jewelry. You are a piece of shit. But also, just think about what you're saying. Ah, it just feels so personal. But uh, I also don't want to accuse the guy that would do something really it, personal. It, it because wasn't, didn't it wasn't him. The only way he would have done that if if he hired said person to come do it. And you're telling me that he doesn't fit the bill of someone that may actually do that. I don't know anymore. I can't. Uh, I can't tell you. you do. I can't tell you. I if, think you do. If I believe that. I I. Uh, I'm, I in, I'm in a weird place, Greg. I'm in a real weird place. You're, you're going, you're going, you're going a long way to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Let I, me. I'm just. I'm say just that. trying to be like you know. Uh, some people get put away in jail for, for like stuff they didn't do because they just everything leads and points to them, but it wasn't them. I'm trying to just stop myself from doing that. Yes, you may be correct in this. There's only maybe maybe the maybe the scenario in which it wasn't actually the ex's doing was if he had a very specific conversation with a very close friend about jewelry in very specific drawers in your mom's very specific room. But they're not house. And then that friend was like, dude, she broke your heart. I'm going to do this without telling you and only take that stuff. And then you're going to feel better. I will say that's the only way the particular person on video that I I watched today didn't seem like a person that would be friends with my mom's ex-boyfriend. So I, 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 it seems like he's a younger lad. Of sorts. So it, it's it's really I don't if, if, I'm not sure what's random, going on. If this is a random robbery, this is the dumbest fucking robbery I've ever I seen. Agree, I agree because I almost giggled and laughed because they took a giraffe scarf. They yep. took okay, you know what else they took? I had in that drawer a uh, <laughs> I, I was eleven and I was in a baseball league and they had my baseball league card in there. It was my Bayshore baseball league card. This this is this is there are only to me there are only two plausible explanations for what happened. It was Either it was it was a random robber. hit, or yeah. it was my mom's ex boyfriend. Yes, but the random hit is the dumbest fucking robber in the world that is Who trying did? to fulfill some giraffe giraffe themed oceans eight. Also took some here. pictures that my mom had in that drawer, including you know me as a kid and some other pictures of hers. But I was very weird stuff. Did not walk to my room. Happened in case you might be, you know might be listening and want to rob my house. Um, I, I have stuff in my room, like a computer and a Nintendo Switch. But that's really about it after that. But those things are, you know, valuable and they were not touched. A very strange, I'm, I was robbed five hours ago and decided to still do this podcast. I'm very pissed off, to be honest with you. I just don't know why you'd steal from a lady uh, giraffe 
jewelry that meant nothing but sentimental value to her. And her little uh, so, me- her memories are important how, to her. So. How you go through the room to take and open that drawer and then you just don't, don't open the drawer right next to it. I know. Which, oh, by the way, had untraceable cash money that, in it. That's correct. That's you know, the thing, the thing that robbers usually have wet dreams about. Yeah. Yes. You're right. I, so it's just a weird position out there. I don't know what I'm going to do for my mom. I'm, I'm going to try and figure something out about replacing some giraffe jewelry. I don't know. It was all cheap. Cheap stuff. She'll self-admit it. She just likes correct collecting that stuff. So, such a weird situation for me. It's been a wild couple months. And uh, if you're listening, you're a piece of shit. Not that you're listening. Yeah, the only story I have is, uh, for whatever reason, it has become a theme at weddings for people to call my parents while we're at the wedding. Uh, Our good friend Greg Kessler was like, Greg, hey, we're drunk. Guess what I did? And I was like, what? What'd you do, Greg? And he goes, Greg, I ordered a dry beef eater martini straight up with a twist. And I was like, all right, you ordered my dad's drink. Why? And he's like, because I want to call him. And I was like, do it. So, so he called my dad. <laughs> and then uh, during this phone call, a, a random woman of the night takes the phone and is like, oh, I'm with your son. We're now married. And I was like, that's an interesting thing to say to would've, my father. Would have been a great score for you. Story. What, what, <laughs> what about, talk what about, about talk about outkicking my coverage? Yeah, that would have been a big time win for the Kaplan clan. So, uh, needless to say, rest of the wedding happens. We go to the after party at the bar. We are now rehashing this story, Kessler and I, with our uh, professional hockey player friend. Should we who, shouldn't say that? <laughs> I, I was just say, I'm not saying who he is. Okay, that might be, it saying, might be obvious at some point in the future. Is my point? I, I have doubts. Anyway, <laughs> okay. professional hockey player friend. He's like, that's a funny story. Hey, let me call your mom. And I was like, it's 11.48 at night. He's like, yes, it is. And I said, that's a great idea. Let's call my mom. Uh, so professional hockey player friend calls my mom. What does Peggy Kaplan do at 11.48 at night? Answers the phone. Gregory, what's wrong? Oh, you're not Gregory? Who the fuck are you? Where's Gregory? Why are we on the phone? Uh, professional hockey player friend explains I am and a professional hockey player for a professional hockey organization. What does Peggy <laughs> say to that? Peggy says, fuck your professional hockey organization. This is a Rangers household. Where's Greg? That's, Let me talk to Greg. That's amazing. At this moment, uh, my wife decides to take the phone and goes, no, no. Let me talk to her. I'll calm down my mother-in-law. I can't believe your wife Let me that. tell you how Peggy responded to this. Who are you? <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Why do you have my phone? My There's phone. no way Gregory is married, though he is drunk, so maybe he is. What is happening? Yeah. Give the phone to Greg. And she goes, Ma, not a problem. It's me. <laughs> Girl, that married your son. And my mom's like, you haven't married my son. This joke is not funny. He's my last hope at happiness. Don't joke. Wow. I don't know if she said that. I assume she said that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was my wedding night. So pretty that much, was, uh, pretty much, this has been Momcast update. Mom, Momcast update without the moms. Yeah, because the moms are either busy Mom- being filing a police report or busy just stewing about the fact that I let a friend and a complete and utter stranger call her at eleven forty eight at night. Yeah, so I might do like a little a draft fundraiser. I'm not really sure what to do with my mom. I feel so bad, but I don't know. I'll figure it out, man. I, I too feel bad. My mom was woken up in the middle of the night. Oh, sure. She's so heartbroken. Um, <laughs> she she is a woman who likes her sleep. We do. I, I will. I will just say that we do have a five star question, but we're going to save it for next week so we have more content. 
What? No, let's do it now. That's uh, the rules are the rules, Ryan. I want to say I wanted to leave it for a part in earlier in the podcast. So if we'll do it next week for him. Why don't we do? Why don't? Why don't we do the? No, let's. The, these are the rules that we made for ourselves. We Some have to people turn the, the podcast over off by now because we've been talking about. All right, I'm just saying. I feel bad read, because this person might not. Not a lot of people might not hear it. That's all I'm saying. Read the goddamn question, right. and then we can read it again next week if we need to. Oh, fine. Uh, five stars. It's by uh, a bunch of. It looks like an arrow pointing to some symbols I can't read. Okay. So he knows who he is or she. Best Rangers podcast out there. Thank you. Interviews are always very good. Thanks for been trying to do our best. What are your thoughts on the Rangers? Uh, thoughts on the Rangers. What are your thoughts on the Rangers? Should they trade Zabinajad because of the length of the contract and how it could eventually factor out into Kravtsov, Anderson, and Heedle extensions? No. The Rangers have so much money coming off the books in the next three years that Zabinajad's long-term cap hit is actually a positive. Agree with you. Uh, whereas, uh, you're only trading Zabinajad if you're going to get an offer that blows your socks off. and that's the You have to be overwhelmed. You have to be... Not just overwhelmed, yeah. but uh, you got to be like rushing to click the accept button. That's how, yeah. like, oh my god, this is seriously offered to us. That's what's got to happen. You want you you trade Zabinajad for an offer that makes you think about calling Gary Bettman to see if some team got hacked. Yeah, that's that's when you think about trading Zabinajad. But yeah, if if you're worried about the Rangers' long term cap penalties when it comes to eventually having to extend Heedle, Anderson, and Kravtsov, um. Stahl will be in some way, shape, or form either off the books or at a lower cap hit. Uh, Zuccarello will be off the books. Um, other players I can't currently think of will be off the books. I just I remember seeing a chart somewhere where the Rangers players signed beyond two years of control remaining on the Rangers roster are like Chris Kreider, Zubanajad. Kevin Shattenkirk, Zubanajad. And you run out of people real quick after that. That's really about it. All right. Um, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. Follow us on Twitter at Bush's Break. I want to give a quick shout out to our friend Keatner, who actually mailed me a bunch of spicy ramen that I'm going to die on. And she also did the nice thing of mailing uh, a towel to my mom that said a woman who just loves giraffes. And it was a giraffe picture on the towel. I appreciate that. Um, so thanks, Keatner, so much. I got your stuff. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, Bushwitch Break, if you have any suggestions for us, or if you'd like to talk about my mom less, I'm sorry, I just had to get it off my chest. We'll talk to you. What was that? Yeah, if you want me to talk about my mom less, I will have her call you and explain to you why you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> we love all of you. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Hopefully we'll have a guest, and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye.